everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. The science and technology advances in wireless communication and sensor networks have enabled the design of affordable, accessible, smart, and small medical sensor nodes that can be strategically placed on human body. With improving effectiveness in design, these smart medical sensor variables create a wireless human body area network that can monitor so many different physiological vital signs for a long period of time to provide real-time feedback to the patients as well as physicians. These emerging potential and promise of human health variables is on its way to revolutionize human health monitoring and bring healthcare much needed transformation in the way they do so many different processes and things. As the potential of human health variables is likely to lead healthcare industry to a future of countless possibilities, it is important to evaluate not only how health and future fitness variables will fundamentally transform human health care, but also what complex security challenges it brings to patients as well as physicians. To discuss the health and fitness variables further, I'm honored to welcome Heath Houston to Risk Roundup. Heath is the president of Eager Health Technologies and is based in the United States. Welcome, Heath. We are uh, delighted to have you on Risk Roundup. Uh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Great to be in part with you today. Wonderful, Heath. So the future of wearable technology promise for human health and fitness is almost here. From fitness trackers to health trackers, wearable technology today is rapidly moving towards a tomorrow of not only efficiency, affordability, and functionality, but also speed and size that is fundamental to support tracking and other desired functions. How are human health variables shaping healthcare services from your perspective? Well, I, you know, I think with the advances, which are exponentially growing at the moment, I, I think we're, you know, originally the fitness trackers were to help those that just maybe were an athlete. Uh, maybe a triathlete, just more of an, um, an elite athlete to where they could track their performance, how to get better. Now, over time, what we're seeing as with any product, you know, that pyramid hitting the top, now it's going down to the everyday consumer. And what we've seen in the past four or five years is a transformation of a lot of wearable companies moving into more of a health or medical um market. And what we're doing is seeing that is because that information that can be used um, through monitoring one's activity, one's sleep. And I think a lot of people don't realize that sleep, whether you're getting a good night's sleep or not, is very key to a good, healthy life. And so what we're seeing is where that technology can be used to help those that maybe have diabetes where they need to really exercise to bring down their blood sugar count, eat healthier. And these are the types of things where um, if we can get the physicians or a concerned family member, or in a lot of cases here in the US, we're having a growing aging population to be able to help in-home healthcare uh, companies be able to keep track and monitor and make sure their pa patients are staying healthy. No, that's a uh, excellent, you know, background you gave in the direction where the healthcare industry and the especially the fitness health and fitness variables would be very useful. And like you said, for these chronic diseases, diabetes and you know blood pressure and all that, 
these variables would be so very useful and it seems variable technology so it has moved far beyond these fitness trackers and is perhaps one of the fastest growing sectors which is expected to go to hundreds of billions uh, worth of market in the coming years especially with the kind of uh, innovations and advancements uh, as you just described so while the future of wearable technology seems strong for human health monitoring services where else do you see it going i mean yes we will be able to monitor diabetes the blood sugar levels blood pressure and uh, many other you know uh, biological functions physiological functions but where else do you think that you know these variables will be able to assist us uh, in the coming years well you know i think i think right now you're you're seeing you know a transition to you know you can pull your heart rate off a wearable uh blood pressures coming out um there'll be oximeters skin temperature um you know there's one thing that a lot of the companies have to be concerned about especially here in the US is where does FDA requirements uh come in and as long as you're monitoring monitoring and not pricking and prodding someone really it's outside the realm of the FDA and so there's not a lot of regulations um but when the wearable gets to you know taking blood samples doing those things that's when you're going to see more requirements from the FDA of of on the wearables so i think for right now where you're seeing this is just the overall being able to pull down inform information uh off the wearable to be able if you're a doctor or a nurse to be able to judge engage um where your patient is now the other thing i think is is really interesting is in here in the US you have a huge supplement business um you know nutritional supplements how to improve your thought process or how to sleep better and so i think there is a good intersection between what those supplements are trying to accomplish in making sure you're getting the right vitamins and minerals into your daily body and and using that with the wearable information through an app where you can track your activity your sleep your heart rate um your blood pressure and then also be able to track the foods that you're intaking to be able to mix with those supplements to really be living a healthy lifestyle and at the end of the day prolong your life as long as you're taking care of yourself that's an excellent uh, point you made so two things you know one is one is you mentioned about the uh, level of the skin the what kind of temperature the skin has that would be monitored and the second is the vitamins and uh, mineral supplements so what what exactly would be monitored in the vitamins and mineral supplements if uh, using the variables so really what's what's interesting is is we're actually dealing with a couple of um, rather large supplement companies here in the US to figure out how to take especially heart rate and blood pressure and combine that with the type of supplements that an individual is taking. Um so for example, somebody may really be concerned about their heart health. So with the wearable the information that you're gathering off there is okay when you're exercising what's your range of your heart rate and then they can compare it to what type of supplements are they taking. Now the thing with supplements and prescriptions are the same thing. If you're not on a regular schedule, they don't provide any benefit to you. So what we're doing with that wearable is also incorporating um a notification system to remind you that okay at 
you need to take it at two, five, and eight during the day. And so the wearable will note, give you notification that, hey, it's time to take my supplement. That way, we're taking, making sure that the regiment of the supplement are being taken as they should be, as well as the activity is in accordance to what you're looking for. Maybe it's your blood pressure range that you want to keep in a certain rate, or you want to hit your 10,000 steps, or you want to do a mile in seven minutes or eight minutes. And so by having all that data, um, you know, a physician can really keep track of, is that person for their body makeup really living a healthy lifestyle? Yes, no, that makes sense. But this, so it seems like this is more like a monitoring service. So the vitamins and all that uh, supplements that doctor prescribes or any nutritional uh, specialist uh, prescribes, these variables will be able to monitor uh, whether the patient uh, or individual patient is taking it on a timely in a timely manner and what are probably the physiological changes happening in the body that needs to be monitored if you know there are patient uh, individuals are at risk so that that would be very very useful and especially with the growing need and the growing demand for vitamins and minerals and with the genomic advances that has happened with all the dna tests that are being done gene analysis being done it will be very, very meaningful and uh, useful for the patients as well as the physicians to be able to have very targeted supplements and vitamins that would be uh, that would help the patients uh, make uh, sure that they are doing what they need to do to have a healthy lifestyle and uh, uh, they do the things in a timely manner. So that is that probably would be very, very useful. Now, what what who are the top players in this of course you know your organization is uh, working very aggressively in this direction but for the future of human health variables who do you think that are the top players if we are looking at the united states market well you're, you're looking at a couple things it's really interesting because as i mentioned in the beginning this started more out as a fitness athletic fashion play um so what you had happen last year was nokia which is a technology company buying Withings, which was a smartwatch uh, wearable company. And they're now focusing as well on uh, medical health. You also have the Fossil Group, which is a consumer product accessory company, one of the world's largest that focus on watches and other uh, consumer goods, has opened a medical division. Actually, I believe at CES this year, they'll be in the health health area and I'm actually friends with their their new director of wellness there so it's nice so they're going that direction Fitbit of course um, you know has their corporate uh, wellness programs that they work with large corporations to help the corporations have a, a healthier employee base so that their health care costs come down so you know those those are those are some of the big players and then you have um, you know Amron healthcare which is more medical items, but they're moving more into a wearable base. Um, you have the cardio group, which focuses on health and strokes and they're developing the products. So you're seeing a large movement of some of these groups that were more traditional, either healthcare um, product developers or the new wearable group or fashion groups. Uh, I mean like Fossil, Fossil is basically a fashion group and and they see the importance of wearables and they're putting a lot of amount of, of money and technology into this. So yeah. you're going to, you're going to see more and more companies because 
at the end of the day, um, the retail sector sector is struggling. Healthcare is a hot topic, especially here in the U.S. right now uh, with the Affordable Health Care Act. And so you're going to see companies move that direction because at the end of the day, um, the overall benefit of wearables is the collection of data that can help physicians, nurses, families make a better decision about their, their own personal health care. Yes, that, that's an excellent point you made because the true potential of wearable uh, is not in having the big screens on the wrist like, you know, we are wearing the uh, uh, Apple Watch or, you know, other, you know, Fitbits or any other kind of uh, wearable. But it's in these new interesting sensors that we can in incorporate because new any sensor that we incorporate, it gives us new data and new data means new insights and new insights means new applicability of those insights across the healthcare market. So the ability to have on contact, on person sensors is going to trigger and uh, give rise to new ecosystems, entirely new ecosystems. The same way that uh, probably we have seen over the years when the new technological innovations and advances came like GPS and uh, you know many other uh, innovations that we have seen uh, with internet also. So the, the, as we get this fundamental capability to have a new way of doing things, the whole new ecosystems are going to emerge. So as we get these new sensors incorporated into variables, what new kind of ecosystems do you anticipate emerging in the healthcare for the healthcare industry, irrespective of whether it's going to be mental health or whether it's going to be this uh, traditional medical health that we uh, are practicing in across nations? Yeah, well, you know, I see, um, I see it expanding into, you know, outside of just wearing a, a wearable on your wrist, you know, clothing. Um, I think is is a potential where you actually can have it in the actual clothes you wear, so it's real time data. I think also, you know, here in the U.S., it's this whole idea around a smart home. Um, I think from the medical side, you're going to see sensors that um, I think a really big area is here um, with the growing aging population and the and how expensive it is to go into a nursing home or assisted living, you're going to see the sensors and wearables be placed within homes to where um, children or concerned relatives don't have to spend thousands and tens of thousands of dollars in a facility for a loved one, where the loved one may just want to be in their home and have an independent living. And so you're going to see all this wearable technology and be incorporated into a home where uh, if the person falls, notifications go out to whomever they choose, could be a doctor. You're going to see it incorporated into emergency medical services, uh, the paramedics. Um, you're just going to see it just incorporate to where a person can have every aspect of their life monitored if they so desire so that they can still have an independent living. I mean, the, I mean, it's amazing right now, you know, the Amazon Alexa and the Google Home, the, the, the growth there where, you know, those wearables and sensors can be directly tied to that to where, you know, it, you talk into it, you know, somebody says, I need help and boom, calls 911 and they're at your home and, you know, you, I could see the point 
where at some point, depending on the HIPAA regulations here in the U.S., that when that paramedic arrives at your house, they can just pull up your records. They already know your background. And so they can give immediate care because they have all that data that you've been collecting within your home about your own personal care. So that's kind of where I see kind of the immediate uh, future where wearables and sensors are going. Yes, no, definitely. There, there's so many possibilities and so much potential. And you mentioned an interesting point about the fashion getting integrated because it seems that uh, normal looking earrings now can track human body functions from heart yeah. rate to body temperature. So this fashion integration with wearable technology, how is that being explored for specific, you know, healthcare sector? You know, I, you know, right now you've had you've had some sport companies. Um, Adidas was the one that kind of first pushed it to integrate everything in there, and I think the um, the acceptance hasn't been quite there yet. Um, you know, I think you know we as humans don't like a lot of bulky clothing on us and and different things we have to attach to. So, I think once that, especially with apparel, they can figure out how to place sensors and wearables in the clothing articles without it being obtrusive to the normal lifestyle, that's when you're going to see the explosion. As you mentioned, earrings, bracelets, it really seems right now the wearables have included themselves in fashion accessories. Uh, you're seeing the push towards uh, eyewear with what Google's been doing with their sunglasses. So I think long term there's something there, but as any, any new technology, you have to take it from, you know, the design, the look and practicality, yeah. you know, and nobody's going to want to spend, you know, $350 on a pair of jeans just so they monitor how many steps they've had. You know, it's, it's, it, there's got to be a good price, price value to what they're receiving. Yes, absolutely. Those are the fundamental uh, variables that uh, we, the industry will have to look at because one is the size. If it's too bulky and all that, people are not going to go for it. If it's too expensive, it's going to be very difficult for the acceptance, you know, by the consumers. Uh, so these are, you know, all different criteria and as you know the technology advances as you know more innovations happen and the, these become smaller and smarter and the capacity increases then there will be probably you know more acceptance but you are absolutely right that at this point uh, we don't see that kind of acceptance uh, by the individuals or consumers all across nations and if you look at future variables they could i mean especially you know with the new kind of innovations that are happening and that can be incorporated, integrated with the fashion jewelry is that we can put the thin film inside all this fashion, uh, this uh, jewelry to measure biometric data and activity levels, you know, that so we won't need to uh, wear all those uh, big, you know, bulky jewelries. It could be just in a small earring or it could be in the small button on the shirt. So those kind of things are going to be very uh, welcoming. And it it is said that wearable health patches that adheres to the skin are also in the works. So do you have any idea what is the status on that? It's just a small patch, like, you know, when people want to get rid of their addiction of smoking and all that, they just wear a small patch on their arm and it works. So if there are sensors 
in the form of just patches that adheres to the skin that would be very welcoming because people would not need to show that uh, or they won't need to buy expensive jewelry and uh, so many different uh, complex challenges that they face currently they would all be overcome so where do you where is the what what is the status on the uh, these kind of health patches from your assessment yeah i think i think there are a couple years out you know the, the 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 item is is getting the um for lack of a better word the, the hardware the firmware small enough and unobtrusive to get to a patch because if we want a patch you know it's like a band-aid we don't want a big band-aid on our arm or something so i think that's down the road which is why you're seeing it come into more fashion accessories i think as the technology improves and the chips and everything that's part of the technology gets to a point where it's it's thin enough it's not you know super transparent and people feel comfortable wearing that you'll get that i mean you know right now with the skin temperature wearables i mean they're getting to the point where they just kind of lay you know lay flat on your skin so if that technology is all you want i think there are some things like that that can get there a, a, a lot quicker. Yes, yes, no, that makes sense. Now, it, there is also, an, uh, uh, I found out that manipulating substance on the atomic and molecular level can also provide a new, all, an entirely new host of variable technology capabilities. Are the nanotech powered variables a possibility for healthcare? Are there any uh, startups who are working on that? Yeah, I, I, I do, I do believe that is a possibility. Personally, we don't. I don't know any of those um, people in that part of the industry. Uh, I do know, for example, that uh, there are some companies that are working with your sweat to be able to pull down information. There's companies that can pull out the saliva inside your mouth to give you feedback. There's companies, um, which one thing we haven't talked about are prescriptions and making sure people are taking prescriptions. There's actually, I guess this could be considered nanotechnology to where you insert in the pill um, technology that ensuring that the patient is actually taking their medication. It goes through the pill and then it goes in the system and then it dissolves, but it notifies that the patient has been taking their prescriptions. So I think those things um, will happen at, at the end of the day, especially in the, here, here in the US where we're all very private about our information. It's at what point does the government get involved um, so that information um, of all of us doesn't leak to the whole world, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the biggest, I think, concern right now is how do we protect individual rights um, from getting to the whole world, which I had a conversation with a, a good friend who's a, a CTO here in Austin, and he was talking about the RFID chips, which a lot of people are placing on, which they look at wearables and their technology, is that that's easily um, hacked into if you don't have a protective covering on it when you're out and about. Um, so those are some of the risks that I think we have to take into consideration as we're developing uh, all these new technologies. Absolutely, those are the, you know, first we need to identify all these kind of different risk variables that would emerge. And yes, absolutely, we have to manage them effectively if we want this to succeed and if we want it to, you know, become a, major uh, driving force of the healthcare industry. Now, uh, from what it seems is that there is also some very interesting advances going for uh, 
especially the connected intimacy variables, variable technology that can add new layers to the personal relationships by extending the reach and power of how we communicate and share details about ourselves regarding, regardless of uh, uh, the geographical location or the distance, how far we are. So it seems that the variables now will be able to provide a continuous link between people, stimulating closeness and changing the way we understand one another, especially uh, this would be very useful. I believe there are some jackets available now that uh, enables parents to calm their children via using just a mobile device. So that those kind of uh, advances would be pretty amazing because uh, if I, I believe there is also another variable named tactile, I think that is, is capable of transmitting touch between two people, you know, even of, though they are miles apart or even though they are in an entirely different continent. So these kind of variables that gives connected intimacy, how, where are they going? How, what kind of advances are happening in there? Well, as, as I think as we see as, as everything, we're going into this virtual world, right? And where we can transmit uh, how we feel, um, things like you said, mentioned the touch um, to others that are, may not be within our reach, right? I mean, <laughs> and, and so my, my only thing is, is I think as we have these advances in technology, we don't, we don't lose the human sociability, the human characteristics that make us who we are. I mean, it's, it's amazing just from, for myself to, to see my kids who are millennials and, and the way they communicate. Um, it, it's just all changing very much. But I think when it comes to, to healthcare, I think what's been really important is the information that we have as individuals and also where did that, where did our body makeup come from, right? You know, we talk about genes. It's, you know, each one of us are different. Some of us go on a, on, an, on a diet and some of us eat all vegetables. Some of us are carb, carbohydrates. Some of us just eat all meat and the way our body reacts to things is different. And I think that's the great thing about wearables is it pulls that personal information that allows you or I to set our own personal go, goals to make our health life here. I mean, our, life, our health style life, uh, life healthier. And so I think that's where wearables is making that very personalized, which is, which is what we need. I mean, some of us have allergies to food we can't have. And so we're missing certain nutrients. And so all this information that we pull um, really helps us to work with our, whether it's our nutritionist, our therapist, our, our physician to really provide the better, uh, better way of life for us individually. Absolutely. And the personalization is going to be the key because as the as more and more different functionalities come in the variables, the healthcare consumers would want to have be able to set permissions in their settings as to who, what, where and uh, when they can be monitored all different or what, you know, uh, if they if they want to add data, whether they are allergic to certain foods or whether they need to uh, watch certain, you know, kind of uh, environment, all this, uh, they would like to incorporate all these data into the variables. So, uh, 
how are these you know functionalities being incorporated as far as you know giving permission to the consumers well you know that's that's something i think that the the industry as a whole needs needs to look at um you know that's that's the biggest thing you know in the us we have a lot of uh, restrictions on, on on personal privacy uh, anything medical you need to make sure it follows within the hipaa regulations so i I think that's going to be key, right? I mean, some of us, the same thing with our own health style. Some of us are more reluctant to be able to give information. Well, we don't want that information shared. We want to keep it to ourselves. And so I think as as we go forward with technology, it's really going to be very personal. Um, and I think that's why, as you see now, some things are more um, accepted than others. Um, like the like for an example, which which is a very applicable to world technologies is the whole contactless paying, right? You know, have Apple Pay and Samsung has their pay, and and in this country that's very low conversion uh, because we're still hesitant to do that. Whereas other countries have a high conversion; people are more willing to to share that information and you know just have everything on their phone or their their smartwatch or their, their, their band, whatever it may be. And so I think as technology expands, it's really going to develop as different societies are more accepting to that technology. Yes, no, that, that, that is very true. Now, it seems that your organization is doing something that is very interesting in terms of integrating the healthcare variables with the smart homes and smart cars and all that. So, uh, where do you see it going? Will the health and fitness variables be able to converge with smart homes and smart cars effectively? Yeah, you know, I think I think with any new technology, I think it develops. Um, you know, for the last few years, wearables really hasn't um, been, in my opinion, super innovative, right? They haven't, I think, it's just, okay, how far did we run today? What's my heart rate? Put the GPS on here, where'd I go on my route? I think what you're going to see is the the basics of that wearable technology be integrated into smart homes to be able to better monitor individuals. Um, we're working on some things where even the video um, that you have in your home uh, can be integrated uh, with an, you know we're working on Alexa and Google Home and how are those things kind of not take the place of wearables but they can be a great accessory to them to be able to help you with the, that information. I mean, for I mean, I think sometimes we complicate things, but a basic wearable, the information that you can pull off of that can be transmitted to your doctor. Um, and you go in for a checkup, you know, you can have, he can look at all that information and just instead of taking your word, right? How many times do we go in and a patient may say, oh, have you been walking? Yeah, I've been walking. Well, this way you can say, okay, let me see, have you actually been accomplishing the goal that, that we set? Just like a, a personal trainer, I guess, for, for athletes. So even though all these great things are coming on, I think sometimes for the great majority of the world's population, a basic tracker would be something good for everybody to use to share that information with their physician or their personal trainer. 
Yes, absolutely. That integration and accessibility would be so very useful because all that data will be easily available to physicians and that will cut down time. They can probably, you know, uh, see more patients because they don't have to ask those questions manually and, you know, just take the word and they, they will have all the data in front of them. So that is going to be a really in, uh, good use of, you know, tracking technology that physicians can use now. Uh, what about the emotional health? What kind of wearables are available today for emotional health? You know, I think I think that's a, you know, that's a really good question because I really don't think a lot of people have been really looking at that side of where the technology it can go. However, to that point though, um, it, it's really interesting. I just read a study this morning that um, loneliness um, is a, is a worse, um, I don't know how to say this properly, but can be more detrimental on your body than obesity, which I find really interesting that the mental health. So for example, um, I know personally, uh, when I'm kind of exercising and doing things and being a little more social that, you know, I don't feel so depressed or so upset about things. And so I think, at some point that wearable technology can go to use the activity to make sure that that people are not lonely, that people aren't in a state of depression. I, I think right now and in, in, in especially in this country, for mental issues, we seem to want to give people prescription drugs and then they become addicted to those. They can't get off of them. So I do think that somehow in the future, how we can collect data on a person's health can directly affect their emotional state or their mental health. Yes, no, that is that that field is so um, complex, and that there is such a need for that. Like you said, the loneliness is the biggest, you know, problem that uh, not only the aging population, but even the young people or even the kids they are facing today, you know, not only in America, but in so many Western nations and even, you know, in the emerging nations. So this is a big problem and the loneliness can, you know, trigger so many different uh, complex emotional problems. And like you said, you know, the depression and all that, they're all, you know, integrated, you know, and it all starts with the social circle or, you know, their uh, ability to socialize or have friends, you know, not only in the virtual world, but in the real world. And a lot of, you know, variables uh, come into play here. Now, I've, I've heard that there are some mood sweaters available that can interpret your emotions and display the mood. But it's not just about the mood. We want to be able to track emotional health, mental health effectively. And if we can come up with effective sensors, that would be so very welcoming. And it is going to benefit not only the healthcare physicians or mental health practitioners or physicians, but the individual consumers and overall insurance market and everyone, because we need some effective solutions. We need an effective way to track emotional health. And I hope that someone is able to uh, innovate in that uh, sector and they are able to come up with some sensible sensors that can be incorporated, that can track the emotional health of uh, uh, individuals all across nations. That would be so useful. Now, from your assessment, what are some innovations you see happening uh, as far as, you know, uh, talking about like what would transform health and fitness wearable technology? What kind of innovations are in the work or new ideas that are emerging 
across nations? Well, you know, I think um, here what I've here what I've been seeing is really the the integration into all our appliances or <laughs> TVs uh, of our homes, where really the the whole Internet of Things is making things so you have connectivity to all your items, right? So, for example, you know, you, you now have refrigerators that if you forget something, it, it tells you what you're out of at home, or if you're at the store, you can access that. So I think that's really good because if you're, if, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's um, the whole holicity of the situation is, let's say, for example, you're really trying to lose weight and you know that your body has a really low metabolism and, and you're allergic to certain foods and certain foods you eat are better for you. If you can keep track of all that and have the data, how much you're exercising, how much you're sleeping, uh, if you can track all that, you can make better judgments about your own health. And I think that's, that's the whole key here is, is what, I mean, I know some people that will just go buy every new thing of technology and, and it just shit sits on their shelves and it's not worth anything. So I think as individuals, we need to understand what is best for our own health and then find those pieces of the internet of things that helps us achieve our own personal health goals. And I, and I think that's really key because, you know, over the years, you know, we've gone from, you know, aerobics to now Pilates to CrossFit. And sometimes we hear eggs are good for us, then eggs are bad for us, now eggs are good for us again. And it's just, it's really figuring out for us as individuals, what is our makeup to make us happy and healthy. And, you know, we're talking about mental health. A lot of that is hereditary too. So all the technology that we're finding in, in genes and understanding our ancestry and really understanding you know, from our parents to our grandparents to our great-grandparents, understanding them a little better helps us now in, in a world where we can figure out, okay, you know, we, we have these types of issues in our family. What can we do to best help us not have those same issues? Or how can we, you know, change the path that kind of our family has been on? No, absolutely. I mean, understanding ancestry or your uh, hereditary uh, genetic makeup is always uh, useful. And uh, it, this is also what the variables currently are able to track or, or, you know, are in the process of giving that data or that ability to consumers as to what you are eating and all, all kinds of vitamin supplements. That is also very useful. But uh, there is another third major factor. I mean, we will have variables on our body or probably inside our body also, but we also need some sensors in our environment, wherever we are living inside the home or, you know, outside when we go, because we need, we need to have an ability to detect what kind of environment we are surrounded, what kind of, you know, uh, pollution we have in our air, what kind of pollution is there in the water, what kind of pollution is in the food, all these pollutants we need to be able to identify to be able to have some meaningful overall integrated healthcare you know data that we are looking for and i think there is a 
there are some amazing advances happening, some new ideas and innovations. I think in, there is a chemical detecting carbon. So now it will probably give us, if we incorporate that, it will give us an ability to improve the monitoring of our bodies and behavior. But uh, this will also give us uh, ability to detect the potentially harmful environment around us. And I think in, at MIT, uh, there is also... Uh, some researchers have come up with a way to detect trace amounts of toxic gas. Now, if we have that incorporated in a variable, that and that you know is uh, a, a, we are able to uh, purchase that in an affordable manner. You know, it's not too expensive. Then it's going to be so amazing because if wherever we are, we can quickly identify what kind of toxic gases are there uh, that would, you know, uh, put our life in danger. Or if we come up with some sensors that can identify or detect new pathogens. And if we are varying those kind of variables, we can quickly identify if there is a new virus uh, that is uh, going to put our health at risk or there is some, you know, new bacteria. So these kind of things. So if we are able to incorporate, integrate all these advances happening across, you know, uh, nations and different disciplines, incorporate that into variables, the life, the human life and human health would be going towards uh, such an amazing, you know, path that we will have control over you know what what is happening to our body what is happening to our mind so do you see any uh, developments uh, using this kind of uh, uh, new ideas and innovations yeah I, I i do i think i think we're getting to that point i think the, the the issue is the practicality or application of it right and it, can it be you know can a normal consumer afford it well, i'll give you a perfect example so here we had Hurricane Harvey in, in Houston uh, about a month ago. And actually, we've been going down and, and what we call mucking out the homes to get all the drywall and stuff off the homes because the homes have been flooded. Everything has been destroyed. But the issue is um, you have to get everything cleaned up and dried up before mold. And black mold especially takes over. And so you have to worry that within 30 days normally, you know, if you can't get everything out and everything dried up and the water out, that black mold can be dangerous to your health. It can get into your lungs and cause you. So having sensors or wearables where you can detect once you go into someone's home um, that they have some type of mold or some other um, bacteria that's in the home that could be dangerous because you don't want people to have that in their home and then go back in and rebuild and it's in their home and it affects them or their, their grandchildren or whatever. You see the same thing now with the waters in Florida and uh, the contamination in Puerto Rico and some of the Caribbean islands. So I do believe this type of technology, if it can get to the point where, you know, it's, it's cost affordable for people to have within a wearable um, that's incorporated with other technologies. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. You know, many years ago, the, the big thing is putting fire um, uh, detectors, smoke detectors in your home. And then it went to um, natural gas detectors. I think we're going to have all that technology where that's all linked to sensors that transmit to an app. So you may know before you get into your home, hey, what's my carbon monoxide level in my home? Is it okay? I think I think these things, these things are all coming. I mean, technology is 
rapidly increasing every day. But we just, I think it's how does everything work to help an individual or a family, you know, have a, have a healthy life and how they can protect themselves from some of the outside contaminants that, that exist. Yes, very true, very true. And now, especially what with the conflict and the tension going on between with North Korea and the possibility that even that we may have, you know, we may be under nuclear threat. That itself, you know, is uh, such a stressful uh, challenge to manage because uh, how are we going to, how will individuals protect themselves? Now, I hear that there are some undergarments available or they are in uh, probably, I'm not sure if it's marketed right now, but they are at least uh, they are in uh, work which will protect from harmful radiation uh, of wearables. Now, is it possible to create wearables itself that can probably uh, protect from the harmful radiation in the environment? You know, that that's a really good question. I, you know, I, I, I think wearables, can protect in the sense that they can alert you to the potentiality of what may be around you that's harmful. Now to protect, I mean, that's actually, you know, getting more into the, the fabric or the makeup of the apparel. I know there's um, some groups that I've seen that have, um, you know, for war-torn nations or going through a civil war, there there is a type of material that is bulletproof to where you can, can use it. So I think there, there are things, I mean, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where we're going to become indestructible. <laughs> so, we, you know, but I think as, as technology improves, our lives and our sustain, sustainability here on earth will uh, improve. Yes, absolutely. And at least we'll, this is about control, that we will have control of, you know, what is happening in our environment and we'll be able to uh, make some meaningful changes to uh, not only our, uh, you know, health, uh, human health that is control, I mean, the inside of our body, but also the outside external environment. So both the ecosystem, the internal ecosystem, as well as the uh, exterior ecosystem, we may be able to control if, you know, all these advances are, you know, going in the direction that they need to and we are able to come up with some uh, sensible application with variables now uh, all these you know advances are happening in uh, healthcare variables but there are a lot of people saying that the big challenge that we are facing is the power that you know all all these variables that we have they don't uh, have enough the power the battery doesn't last in that you know for long so that is one of the major challenge that you know people say that we are facing so are there some innovations happening in that part where the uh, variable batteries can last longer yeah you you are seeing some development in battery life i, I mean at the end of the day to your point um you know like let's take for example Puerto Rico right now where there is no power <laughs> so it's like there's nobody knows what's going on so what what can be developed and I know people are developing power sources based on solar that the issue there is getting the batteries small enough to where it can charge so I think you're going to see more and more development in that power because you know you mentioned you know North Korea what if he sends off a missile and you know, it, it knocks out all the power, nobody can communicate, you know, what happens? You know, I think, I think sometimes, um, especially the younger generation that, you know, haven't lived when some of us older people, when, you know, we, 
you know, didn't have a color television or, you know, we, we had to, we had to pay outrageous amount just to call uh, long distance. Um, I think we've kind of lost some of those survival skills that yes, technology's made it great, but it's still at the end of the day, it, it all operates on some type of electricity or power. And so I think they're, I think, you know, developing where that power goes is going to be the next big technology push. Yes, I think the ideal would be to have a self-powering system that uses bodies movement or bodies, you know, heat or something like that. And there are a lot of innovations already happened. MIT has a lot of, you know, advances coming uh, from their research. So maybe, you know, that could be integrated and we will be able to uh, solve the battery problem in the uh, coming years. But from your assessment, what are the current issues and obstacles that needs to be overcome for health and fitness variables to be uh, uh, meaningful and to be able to penetrate the market the way it should? You know, I, I think a lot of it is is going to be cost. You know, the tech, the, the tech, the cost of the technology has come down, but you still have the cost of, of building out what is needed. Is it is it a physician's dashboard? Is it um, offering, you know, notification services, those types of costs still come with, you know, a monthly subscription or a fee that needs to be, um, you know, lowered. So it's more accessible to more people. You know, I think also acceptability and getting through some of the regulations that each individual country has um, for that personal privacy. Um, I know and some countries are even more restrictive than the U.S. in a lot of things, and it's a lot of bureaucratic red tape to go through. And I think that's always going to be the issue with with healthcare is you know getting the buy off from whatever government um, institution or department that that controls the wearables. Um, you know, and it's just it's just usage. You know, but but I do think it is there because the cost the cost of all medical care is getting so expensive. In the U.S., it's the cost of premiums for the insurance companies. I think anything where you can present to a company where it will save them money long term because they have healthier employees or, or, or whatever it may be, then I think that's when you start breaking barriers where people can see, you know what, if I, if I spend a little bit on this wearable and, then, and I follow what my doctor has told me about my treatment, you know, I can lower my health costs. But if if you're going to go to all that trouble and the health costs and premiums of your insurance policy keeps going up, I, there's no incentive to do better. Um, it's, so I think there needs it needs to be in some some incentives to actually to have a healthier society. Yes, incentives incentives are the ones that would drive you know the acceptance of all this technology and not only accepting technology but to bring some meaningful change in the lifestyle and the way we live and the way we do many things so yes you are right that that those uh, that would need to happen but if we talk uh, we are talking about we have talked so much about the functionality all different functions that we could we could incorporate all different uh, new kinds of uh, variables that we can incorporate but 
at the end of the day security like you you know you said in the beginning is going to matter so much and in human health and fitness variable ecosystem security is a necessary enabler for continuity of any initiative or business and uh, we are still struggling with managing computer and network security risk and health and fitness variables are so much more complex and uh, these are the whole iot you know ecosystem uh, that we are developing that is going to be so complex to manage so what efforts from your assessment are being made to understand and manage the health and fitness variable security risk you know i that is a great question and i think we're far from from solving that but i think as as people get more private get more encryption into their own servers and i think that'll help i mean everybody is excited about throw everything up to the cloud right but that's not all protected and it's growing so fast that i don't believe a lot of these um server providers or cloud services really have the the bandwidth to say to make sure everything's protected and so i think the more closed networks that you have on a maybe a smaller basis maybe you can't grow as fast i think provides more protection and security to the individual yes i mean uh, that would be a good start but there is also it seems that criminals can get access to this uh, physical access to ports and memory and interfaces on variable devices which make all manner of tampering much easier to accomplish especially even the introduction of malware so these all these factors will need to be uh, taken into account that how to prevent access unauthorized access uh, to you know all these uh, different variable ports and most variables they the, the, this devices on the network they are prepaid and pay as you go so many prepaid devices don't even require personal or account identification so uh, that helps the anonymity of criminals so these uh, factors could change over time but for now it seems that there is a need to build the security necessary to counter these threats into the ip core and wireless networks and uh, the do you see any initiatives to build the security in the uh, healthcare variable ne network that addresses all these risk variables yeah i think i think there it, it's out there however you know i i i kind of compare it to you know you, you go back to medieval times right if if somebody was trying to protect themselves they built a fort right and the good guys built a moat around it and usually there was one drawbridge and so those that open up their or gave more access or more entries into their fort had more entries to protect and they were a little more vulnerable to attacks i i see that in some way we're growing so fast with all these new technologies especially with the iot of things is is you have more access points to get to people's information so i think to your point as we're having all these new technologies before it's all opened up people really need to look at well how secure is it is it secure enough if i'm connecting from device a to device b to device c to device d where are any loopholes that people can attack us and i think that's one thing that as a whole in, in the tech sector we we are not looking at as concerted as we should be yes very true now uh, from your perspective are there any requirements that health and fitness wearable technology needs to meet what should the standards of health variables look like or do we even have the standards and if not how should they look like you know in the coming years 
Well, you know, that's, that's the talk here. You know, I mentioned earlier about FDA requirements. When it's monitoring and not really diagnosing or, or prodding a person, there really are not any standards per se. Um, in some ways, that's good, right? Because uh, people can come out with all different price points of wearables and all different functionality to meet the individual needs. But at some point, you know, I, I, I do think the biggest thing in which people don't understand is the wearable is based on algorithms and calculations. And each individual company sets up those algorithms. And so the consumer says, well, why doesn't the Fitbit wearable match the fossil wearable in my number of steps? Or people get confused. Well, I, why don't I get the same number of steps as my husband? Well, your husband's a foot taller than you, so his stride rate's gonna be different, so his algorithm counts. There, there needs to be some standards. I think in any business, standards develop. And I think we need to do a better job of, of finding those standards of what, what actually consists of a step. How does that calculate it? Or the heart rate. How do you calculate the heart rate? I mean, you know, we have these optical sensors from off your wrist. Um, they're not as accurate as a chest strap. The best is put the chest strap right over your heart, right? So you do it. So I think at some point these standards need to be developed as wearables go more into um, a focus on healthcare and your medical well-being. Yes, very true. Now let's talk about your organization, Vigor Health. Before you launched Vigor Health, I believe you launched a fitness variable, New Band. Mm -hmm. What is the current state of New Band, and what what does it achieve? How does it help the consumers? So New Band is a, a global brand, um, and it's retail focused. It's um, we're focused on a and what we would call in the U.S. a mid-tier mass consumer. Um, kind of a middle of the road um, demographic. And so what we learned from Nuban was launching is many companies, and I think it had to do with the fact that I'm based in Austin, a lot of healthcare technology companies came and said, hey, Heath, you know, we like the affordability of your wearables. We want to start integrating it with some of our software platforms that were often to healthcare companies. And so as we, we, dove, as we dove more into that, we saw that there is a need for wearables to be help seniors. That was our first thing is how can we help seniors have a better independent, healthy lifestyle, but not just seniors. It could be somebody that may be disabled, has a disability or just want to improve their healthcare. So that was the kind of the basis for the founding of Vigor Healthcare as, an, as a new division off new band. And we're super excited where we're going. We're, like I mentioned, we're, we're working now with um, software, uh, technology companies, how to integrate wearables into uh, a larger healthcare platform. We're working with um, nutritional and supplement companies. And so we're really focusing on how to be affordable, but yet provide a great service to those that really want to improve their health. Great. Now, those sounds like a really good initiative, but what challenges are you facing and what are some of the big concerns you have as you try to take the next step uh, with the Vigor Health? Well, you know, the, the, I think this is the concern of everybody, right? Having the proper funding, right? <laughs> Having enough enough funds to do the proper research and development and then going out and, and really pitching it to the right, um, the right demographic, you know? And so those things we've been working on, I think, I think right now we're, we're, we're focused um, to where 2018, we can really take the brand and push it to the, to the next level. 
That's that's great. So what 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 do you like to tell our global viewers and listeners, especially the young minds who are uh, very you know determined or very passionate about coming up with ideas and innovation that can help the the greater good of the humanity, and uh, they want to you know make a difference. What would you like to tell them? Don't give up. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, I think a lot of people they they fail once or twice or they don't get any traction and they give up. So if you have a great idea that's really going to benefit uh, any global segment of um, the global population is keep going. Keep keep knocking on doors to look for funding or a partner or you know the right right person to support you or give you um, you know that the good feelings that hey what you're doing is right. Um, and I think as as you do that at, at some point it pays off. And sometimes the, the one path that you may be going down leads you to another path, which is where you needed to be in the first place. Yes, very true. That's excellent. For participating in Risk Roundup today, we appreciate your thoughtful insight on health and fitness variables and our global viewers and listeners would benefit tremendously from the information you provided on uh, the variables and the potential and uh, its future. So even if a single individual or entity can come up with an idea to innovate and bring more functionality to variables for healthcare industry and also make variables more affordable, accessible, effective, and secure. Based on the discussion we had today, this Risk Roundup Dialogue has been of service, and we thank you for that. Yeah, thank you very much for having me today. Wonderful. So as we move from an age of connected computer technology that used to be near humans on as desktop or laptops or smartphones to now on humans as health and fitness variables, we are entering a whole entirely new age where connected technology will not only be applied as variables on human bodies, but will soon be merged with them for many different applications and functions. It is important that we evaluate its associated security risk. Risk groups, cybersecurity, geosecurity, and space security risk research centers are created for this very reason to identify, evaluate, and manage the risk-facing NGIOA and CGS, that means nations, its government, industries, organizations, and academia in cyberspace, geospace, and space. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace, they walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict. It is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts fit into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security, so if you build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risks together. For more information on the risk conducts, to watch the risk conduct videos or hear the risk conduct podcast, please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayashree Pandya, host of Risk Conduct, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.